Welcome to the Easy Scaling Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shonda King, and together we'll be exploring how successful entrepreneurs are actually scaling to six figures and beyond. My goal is to bring you conversations that are honest and transparent and to share the real, raw, nitty gritty details about what works and what doesn't. Hey, hey, welcome back. Today, I want to talk about client acquisition. I want to talk about finding clients. And I specifically want to walk through exactly where my clients have come from over the last 18 months or so, as we've we've grown pretty quickly from ideas to multiple six-figure business. And I think part of that has been our approach to lead gen and client acquisition. And we've taken a pretty diversified approach. So I want to talk about I want to talk about this and give you some percentages, give you some specific examples and then talk, you know, generally about it as well. So there are, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six kind of big buckets of where clients have come to us from. The first is personal connection and my network, like my personal network, my business network, which there's a lot of overlap there. And just some type of personal connection that I have made or have had in the past with a person. And that actually comes to about 24% of the clients that we have served. And I'm specifically talking about here our higher ticket offers. So our COO and team services, and then also our mastermind. So I'm not looking at digital products here. I'm not looking at our membership, which is a lower ticket offer of ours. I'm just looking at these high ticket, high ticket offers, mostly monthly retainer or, you know, six month and beyond terms of of programs. So just for some context there. So 24% have come from a personal connection or from my network. And what I mean by this is a connection to someone that I have from, you know, a previous business that I owned. So my very first client came to me because I knew her from my second business and we had connected through that and stayed in touch. And then she reached out needing something specific and I happened to be able to provide that service for her. And she wouldn't have done so had we not been connected. She hadn't been in my network. I hadn't been in hers. That would not have happened. And another example is a connection of another connection, like a a second degree connection somebody who knew someone that I knew and ended up pulling a group of people together just to do some like kind of really informal networking calls. And we connected on that call. And then we ended up getting together for a coffee chat after that and talking about, you know, what I do and what she was looking for. And it just evolved into her becoming a client. Another great example of this is I'm almost always in some some type of program, in some type of membership, uh, where I'm networking and meeting people, or I'm in, you know, I'm in a business mastermind that someone else is facilitating. I'm always doing something, and and part of that is because I, I do like to learn. I like to kind of expand my my knowledge generally on different topics. I like to get advice and strategy from, you know, different different places. But also, I like to be in community and connected with other women who are building their businesses. And then what happens to be a really fantastic side effect of that is that when I'm in the room with these women that happen to be growing a business, I am often 
in a good position to also help them with what I do. So I, I have had several clients come to me from various programs that I've been in as a participant. So that's what I mean by personal connection or network. I consider all of that networking. 24% of my clients, my high ticket clients have come from doing that type of stuff, which everyone can do. If you're like, everyone can be doing some type of activity like that and getting in the room with your ideal clients. Critically important. Okay. Second piece, very small piece, (laughs) very, very small piece. 6% of people have come to me organically through Instagram. (laughs) So what I love about this is my strategy, and like I'm going to give you the full picture here with all the different places and the percentages. And you're going to see that what's great is this really aligns with my personality, what I like to do, (laughs) and where I would like for my clients to come from, and where I end up putting my energy in my business. So I personally don't like showing up on Instagram. I don't like doing it. I have outsourced it. I have outsourced it many, many times. I have tried doing it myself. I'm currently doing it myself. And I I do show up and put content on there sometimes. I like to hang out on stories. I love to have conversations in the DMs. I do not want to be creating regular content. I don't want to be batching reels. You, you won't know. You're not going to see me doing that. It's just not going to happen. I've tried it. I hate it. So the good news is <laughs> I've built a multiple, multiple six-figure business very quickly without having to show up consistently on Instagram. Now, that doesn't mean I haven't done it at all. And I am reaching the point now where I have, because my my approach to client acquisition is very diversified, I can do even less of the stuff that I don't like to do. So I don't want to say I haven't grown at all from Instagram because I have gone through periods where I have put out consistent content, but it's not really where people are finding me. So this is one of those things too, that it's really important to look at all these different strategies, all these different marketing tactics and and really identify what's the purpose of each of them. So for me, Instagram is more for showing that I am like a legitimate brand. I'm a legitimate business and for showcasing some of my content more for the sake of nurturing. I do do some sales on Instagram more through stories than anything else these days. But that that helps me see that like me getting clients isn't dependent on me showing up on Instagram. Not not now. So then I can I can take some of the pressure off of that and I can then weigh ROI and the importance of di- of me spending time on different things based on whether or not it actually moves the needle in terms of making my business easier, getting more time, or getting more clients. And at this point in my business, the answer is no on creating content for Instagram, which is why you don't really see me doing that if you follow me. I also don't do things like engagement. Like I just, I don't do any of that, right? Because I have the data here that my business can get new clients without me doing it. Okay, 6%. Love to see it. That doesn't mean that that's exactly what you should do because everyone's stack here is going to look totally different. I'll talk about that more in a second. Let's move on. Facebook post, Facebook groups, Facebook groups. I love Facebook groups. I use them a lot in my business for a lot of different things, for finding guest podcast interviews, for making connections, building my network, for finding new team members. Oh my gosh. I love Facebook groups personally. And I have some favorites. So if you want to know what my favorites are, you can DM me on Instagram and I'll tell you. But what's really cool about Facebook groups is some of my first clients came to me that way. And so I have to include it on this list. I don't really find clients from there anymore. 
but it's got to be on the list because this was a critically important one early days in building easy scaling. And what I mean by that is I saw someone post in a Facebook group and and I am in hundreds of Facebook groups related to female entrepreneurship. So I saw someone post in a Facebook group saying, hey, you know, here's my situation. Here's what I think I need. Can anyone help me? And I was like, boom, that's exactly what I do. Of course, I can help you. Commented, explaining what I do. Eventually, the conversation moved to the DMs, going back and forth, having a call, all of the things. And they ended up becoming, that person in particular, ended up becoming my second client ever. And then not long after that, I saw a similar post and they were, you know, needing some similar things, commented on the post, told them what I did, offered to get on a call. Eventually they became a client and they're still a client, which is really cool. So that is a strategy that I leaned pretty heavily on in early days because every time I would open Facebook, because I'm in so many female entrepreneurial groups and I don't really use Facebook for anything else, I would see as soon as I logged in tons of posts from these different groups. And so I would just spend 10, 15, 20 minutes a day scrolling through my Facebook feed, seeing if anything was popping up, anyone was posting anything, looking for anything related to what I did, where I could chime in and say, hey, happy to talk to you about this. Here's what I do. It's important to know kind of like what people are looking for that might be a little bit slightly adjacent or different than what you do, but actually you are a good solution. So this would happen to me a lot when people would think that they were looking for a VA or think that they were looking to hire or think that they needed an OBM or some other thing when actually what they needed was was what I did, which is COO level strategy combined with execution by an entire team. Most of the time, that's what people need when they think they need an OBM or they, they, they feel like they're needing to outsource and have you know several people or a higher level strategy combined with implementation. So you have to look for things sometimes adjacent. You got to like read between the lines a little bit about what people are actually needing. And that means that usually you can come up with a couple of key search terms. So I would go in and periodically search within some of my favorite groups, terms like OBM, you know, those types of things and see if anything would pop up as a specific post rather than just relying on scrolling through and hoping that I saw the things that were relevant. So that was another strategy that I took as well. So that's Facebook groups. 6%, it's still low, you know, two two clients that I got from a Facebook group. But very important to mention and again, a great strategy for early days. I don't I don't scroll Facebook looking for clients anymore, which is why I say I think it's a better strategy for early early on in your business and building out your roster and to be complemented by other things. Okay. Moving on. Ads. If y'all listen to the podcast, you know I love ads. Ads are fantastic. I love them. If you can crack the code on ads, man, you can grow very quick. So 36% of all of my clients and my high ticket offers have come from Facebook ads, Facebook, Instagram ads over the past 18 or so months. And we have we have run ads for many different things. And I've sold other offers from ads, you know, digital products, course, things like that. But what I'm talking about here is our high ticket clients who have come directly through ads, most of which were ads that were that were selling, you know, just directly on the face. The ad was taking them to the page to sell them the service or sell them the program. So not talking about a funnel here. I'm talking about an ad saying, hey, 
you need this, you need our service, go learn about it and apply to work with us. On the sales page, more information about exactly what we do and then a call to action to either apply to work with us or to book a call to get on our our schedule for a consult. So those have worked very well to fill our high ticket service, our COO and team retainer, our monthly retainer, which we don't run ads for that anymore. We haven't for a long time because we're pretty much always full on that offer. The mastermind is a different story. So the mastermind, I turn on those ads every time we do a launch. So we open enrollment for our mastermind every single quarter. And usually we open up a couple of new spots because people kind of stay in that program, the same as our retainer. So we'll open up a couple new spots. Some people will move on to two different offers or get what they needed in that in that program. And so usually we'll have, you know, anywhere from like five to seven spots available. And those fill, at least for the last, I would say, year, those have filled very, very easily, partly because our ad strategy works really, really well. So we send some emails, I do some stories, I maybe do a couple of posts, and we turn our ads on and we get applications and we make the sales. And always within a month, usually within two-ish weeks, we have those spots filled. So that, I mean, this is what I'm talking about. If you can crack the code on this, like absolute game changer. So big fan of ads here. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Getting to this point with our ads was not cheap and not easy. So again, if you've heard my story, you know that I made a big investment into Facebook ads immediately, immediately when I started this business. I got my first two clients. I was like, let's go. It's validated. Let's throw down some money on it. Spent $20,000 up front to an ads agency to go build all of these ads, do all the testing, do all of the things. And then also committed $3,000 per month on my ad spend for the first four months to do all of that testing. It worked It worked great, filled my capacity very quickly. And then those ads are the same like foundationally as the ads that we use today for our mastermind. We've changed the, the, the process a little bit behind the scenes, but generally it's the same ad that we're running. So great, <laughs> great to have, not cheap to have, not easy to dial that in. So I'm not going to lie to you there. Okay, moving on to the next bucket. The next bucket is visibility slash collaborations is what I'm calling it. I made all these up. About 16% of our clients have come from this bucket. And this includes things like guest trainings inside of other people's memberships or other people's masterminds or other people's courses or programs. Some type of guest training where I'm getting in front of other people's audiences and specifically other people's clients. So inside of usually these more like intimate containers, getting on a, a, on a call real time and doing some type of training. Sometimes it's pre-recorded, but usually it's been live. That always gets me clients. The other thing is guesting on podcasts, which I love to do. I am obsessed with guesting on podcasts. It's one of my favorite ways to get visible online and to reach other audiences and to bring more people into my own. And I have had many clients come from hearing me on somebody else's podcast. Third thing in this category is participating in a freebie bundle. And I've talked about this before too, but if you haven't heard me talk about it, what this is, is I contributed a freebie to somebody else's bundle. And inside of the bundle were about 30-ish people. Someone else was running this. And everybody had to contribute a freebie. The freebie actually had to be something that 
you couldn't get for free elsewhere. So for us, it was something that we pulled out of a course of ours, a big course, and packaged it into something smaller, gave it a value, and then we were giving it away for free. And so put this all together, this freebie, so someone would have to sign up for it. And that gets added to the list of other other freebies that people can get. And what's cool about these freebie bundles or the way that the the one that I participated in worked is that when people if people want to get access to the entire bundle of freebies, they have to join the host list first. It's like a gated thing. So they join the host list by signing up to get access to the bundle. So the host gets the biggest perk. They get everyone's email. And then once they're on the inside, the participants, then they see the list of here are all the things you get access to. These are premium products, but you're going to get them for free. But you have to go sign up for each one individually. And I think this is a genius way to do this because it makes it ensures that the people whose email addresses that you're getting actually want your thing. <laughs> They're actually qualified for you. So people looking for, you know, copy work or legal services or whatever else was in the bundle weren't joining my list unless they also wanted my thing that I could help them with. So super genius way to do it. I opted to participate as a VIP participant, which was an absolute no-brainer because it was only, I think she had maybe like five of those spots and it was $125 to be a VIP. So I signed up for that because you also got to be interviewed on her podcast as part of a VIP spot which got me tons of exposure and increased the amount of people that bought my thing. It also got me my freebie highlighted higher on the on the page up top and like a bigger a bigger like feature spot. So more people were likely to download my thing. And then I think it also got me maybe like a dedicated email sent out to her list. So again, m- big increase in exposure for not very much money. So I opted in for that I ended up through that freebie bundle. It was off like a five-day promotion period. I had 1,500 people download the thing that I contributed, which is bonkers. I think when I signed up for that thing, I had less than 500 people on my list. So this was early, early, early in my business. And to like quadruple my list, I was like, what is going on? (laughs) So that was a huge deal. That was a huge, huge deal early in my business. Great thing. (laughs) I was very, very fortunate that she picked me to participate in that bundle with all of the other amazing women and that I was able to get a VIP spot. So a lot of luck involved, as I say, hard work and luck. So the one thing that I'll add that I think was critically important to this is when I set up my freebie, I also set it up as a tripwire funnel. So when people downloaded my freebie, and this was something that she allowed people in the bundle to do, when people downloaded my freebie, got on my email list, the thank you page gave them a paid offer. So I was like, oh, great, cool. You got my free thing. Awesome. It's on its way to your inbox. Go get this paid thing too. Like while you're here, since you've already taken the first step, you're going to need this other thing. Go ahead and and buy that. And then had an order bump on that as well. So I think the the paid thing was like $37. When when they got to the checkout page, it was like an additional $10 to add on something else. Lots of people got that. I made several thousand dollars in sales just on that passive product. And then also then upsold people into a passive course that I had. I didn't have a ton of sales on that, but I had a few, you know. So 1,500 new people on my list plus several thousand dollars in sales, well paid for its time investment that I had to like actually build out that freebie because I didn't have that freebie or that tripwire or any of that stuff set up. So I had to set that all up before I could even participate in it. So it was quite a bit of work 
on the upfront, but it was great to be paid out immediately on some of these things. So the lifetime value of the people who came to my list from this thing isn't even factored into this. So yeah, I made I made several thousand dollars in sales immediately, but also I know for a fact that several people who came to my audience from that freebie bundle also then went to buy my other programs like my membership and my mastermind and those types of things. So, you know, definitely worth it. Okay. Let's move on. Last section, referrals. That's pretty straightforward. 10% of my of my clients have come from some like some referral from mostly from current clients. So that is always there. Great thing to have to supplement, you know, where your clients are coming from is to encourage people to refer. And I do have an incentive. I don't really advertise it, but I do have an incentive that if any of my current clients refer a client, they get like $500 off their next invoice. So that is where those referrals have come from. But again, I don't rely heavily on this. It's a very small percentage, but I do have it there, which is a great a great thing for if I do have spots and people are, you know, talking to me about talking to their friends or their peers about, you know, how they're working with me, then they have an incentive to, you know, tell them to join or tell them to do something with me as well. So, great thing to have. All right. That's the breakdown. That is it. That's where all of all of our clients have come from. Not all of our clients, all of our high ticket, you know, long-term retainer and mastermind clients have come from. And I was talking to someone about this the other day and they were like, "Well, you know, my business is based on this and I don't feel like I could, you know, not be on social media." I'm definitely not saying that everyone's breakdown should look like this. This is not like best practice here. This isn't like a, a model to follow. This, I think, is an important thing to do for your own business, to know where your clients are coming from. This is part of the process that I encourage everyone to do as part of my annual planning process. I have templates for that behind the scenes. So that is something that I encourage you to do every single year at minimum. Sit down, track all of all of your clients. You know, if you have like small offers like digital products, like I don't usually encourage people to do it for digital products. You can but I'm really talking about the bulk of your revenue, where the bulk of your income is coming in. Your high touch clients, where are those people coming from? Break it down. Make a full list. Write down exactly where they came from. If you don't know, ask them. I I didn't know the answers to all of these, like where all of my clients had come from. I had to DM some of them or message some of them being like, hey, do you happen to remember how you found out about me? You know, So it's okay to ask. Get the information because the data is critically important like I was saying, so that you know, okay, where do I need to focus my energy? For me, like, do I need to pay a social media manager or can I take that exact same investment and use it for ads? Well, for me, the answer is ads. Like that, that is what makes sense because I know the ROI and because I have the data that not a lot of people are coming to me that way. So why would I spend my precious time, my precious money on something where my clients are not even coming from? You know, it doesn't, again, doesn't mean I'm encouraging anyone not to show up on social media. It doesn't even mean I'm not going to show up on social media ever. It just means that when I'm looking at the reality of my bandwidth and my financial budget, I need to take into consideration where clients are really coming from in order to determine how to best spend my time and my money. You know, so doing like heavily emphasizing things like visibility and collaborations, getting PR, doing guest podcasting, participating in like collaborative things like summits, 
participating in trainings for other people's programs, like that's always going to be top of the list over creating content for Instagram for me, right? So you need to figure out what your breakdown looks like. You need to actually do the calculations, make a list of the specific things that have contributed to where your clients have come from. Same thing for me with networking. I I heavily emphasize networking. I love to meet new people and do coffee chats and collaborate and, you know, do all of those things because I know that down the line I may, you know, have made a connection that can lead to some other connection that can lead to a client. It's it's just it's the data. You can't argue with the data. Same thing with ads. So, this is what allows me to really prioritize what I'm doing what I'm doing in my business, what is a needle moving task, what's not. There you go. That's it. I'm happy to chat through this more if anyone has any specific questions you want to DM me. Again, like this can look different for every single business. It should look different for every single business. I have some clients who have like, you know, 80, 90% of their clients coming to them from referrals. Well, that's great. Now we know. Do we want to do we want to change that or do we like where that's at? Like then you can make decisions on on what you might need to do or change or optimize or whatever. But we can't figure that out if we don't have the data and if we don't know like if there's something we want to change. If I was seeing these numbers and seeing, oh man, like 75% of my clients are coming from Instagram, but I'm totally drained by doing Instagram, well then I need to optimize for making sure that I'm continuing to show up in a way that is is, you know, prioritizing content creation on Instagram if I want to keep you know, keep my legion operating on that platform. So we got to know what's actually happening and where people are coming from. All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox about it. I just think it's so important. If you don't know these numbers for your business, go figure it out. Go figure it out and then you can plan accordingly. Okay, let me know. DM me. Let's chat about it and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Easy Scaling Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And if you send me a screenshot of that review, I will send you my 90-day planning formula. This is the same process that I use with all of my multiple six-figure clients to help them get organized, be more efficient, and scale faster. 